Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed on Calvary. Thank you for making a way where there was no way, but where there is a way today. We thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible for you. Everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness, it says in your word that you have given us through Jesus. It's one of the promises that we have. Everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Today, Lord, we open our hearts. We open our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. We look to you, Jesus, and not to our circumstances, not to the things that are going on around us. But we open our hearts today to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church because you have not changed. You have never changed. It says in, in Malachi that I am God and I change not. And so we thank you that this word, this word that you have given us in the Bible is truth. And that's what we're standing on today. Therefore, we rejoice and give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise today. He's worthy. Before you're seated, we're going to make our um, confession. I believe there's never been a day where you need to know you're here on purpose. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm here on purpose. <laughs> and even if today you're not sure, you know, maybe things have changed and you're not real sure what your purpose is, God is not changed his mind about you. Nothing that goes on in this world changes God's mind about us. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> so let's say this together. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Give somebody next to you an elbow bump or whatever they do nowadays, or you can just say, praise the Lord, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> We're doing a series uh, today. We're starting the second one, um, and the title of this is Drop Your Nets, and uh, it's, it's just something uh, normally I really pray about what we're going to, you know, share in the coming weeks, and I, and I just had felt like the church needs to make a decision that regardless, uh, just like what happened in the election, we don't, we don't always know the outcome. We don't always know who's telling the truth. How many of you know? <laughs> it's hard to tell who's telling the truth right now. But the word of God is always truth. And so when we've made a decision to follow Jesus, our world is not shaking. Our world is not going to fall apart. Our world is not going to be uh, subject to the changes of this world because the Bible says, Jesus said to, to his disciples, I'm in the world, but not of the world. Everybody say, I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I'm a citizen of heaven, and that means the promises in here pertain to me, and that every day I can walk assured that no matter what's happening around me, God is still in charge of my destiny. As long as I have decided, everybody say decided. And so, you know, my husband always starts with something funny, and I, I saw this video this week, and um, I just, I put it on all the time just to laugh. How many of you know it's good to laugh? It's good to, and sometimes things around us don't seem like we'd want to laugh about it, but there are things that are going on that uh, God wants us to live in his joy, because he said, your joy should be complete in me. Your joy should be full in me, 
And uh, I hear so many things through the week, and I know you do too. So when I saw this video, I just put it on and play it. And Heather said to me this morning, oh, that one. I put that on and play it all the time just to laugh. And uh, we know school's out right now. Kids are at home. They're trying to learn a lot of them on their own. Uh, parents are becoming teachers, which, you know, a lot of us didn't sign up for. But that's the world we're living in right now. So by the grace of God, we can do it. And this young man is uh, talking about a lesson he has at school. Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How how much money, how much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> Jaden has one dollar bill. Yeah, play that one again. I just think that's so cute. <laughs> Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How how much money how much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> Jaden has one dollar. I love his laugh. His laugh. You know, he's broke. <laughs> Oh, I think that'd be good. Let's pray for our schools, for our educators, for our teachers, for our students in this city. Father in West Lafayette and the county, Lord, we lift them all up to Purdue, every school, Ivy Tech, those that are uh, supposed to be in school learning and growing in knowledge and in the courses that they're in. We just pray for the students. We pray for the teachers. We pray for the administrators, uh, for our governor, for right decisions to be made for the welfare and the education of our young people. And I pray, Lord, especially for parents that now are uh, having to make decisions for their children, but also having to make decisions about the livelihood for their family. I just pray, God, for your answers. Because you said if we ask you for wisdom, you will give it to us liberally. And I ask you to give all of us wisdom for the day that we're living in because we are more than conquerors. You said in this world that we would have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we thank you. There are answers. And if we keep that positive word over our families every day, that we are going to be increased in the middle of what's going on. We are not going to be decreased because you are our father and you're a good, good father in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, we've been talking about, we started last week with uh, the wise man who builds his house on the rock and the foolish one in Matthew 7 uh, builds his house on the sand, sand. And the difference is they both hear the word, but the wise man does it. Everybody say, does the word. And, uh, you know, we, we preach the word. And I know in my life, uh, the last year, the Lord has really been, um, you know, cinching up the reins, you know, making sure that I only do what he's telling me to do and not what I'd like to do. How many of you know there's decisions we can make just based on this would be the easiest way to handle this? You know, I quit or I give up or, you know, uh, there's surely something else, God, you've got for me to do besides this. And so we walk through seasons. If you've raised children, you know that, you know, they grow up. And so you grow with them and things change and you run into things that you'd rather not run into. But God always has an answer if you are doing the word. Everybody say doing the word. It's not just uh, being a hearer only. It says that in James. Don't deceive yourself because you can hear the word. You can know the word in your head. But when it comes to doing the word, when it comes to walking in love today, I think that would be one of the hardest things for people that are in uh, great stressful pressure situations to walk in love and be kind 
regardless of what's going on around them because there's some very hostile environments today. And if you just listen to television, you, you see a lot of that, that people are debating and arguing. You know, all those opinions count for nothing if you don't know what God said. And you're not doing what God said. And so today, I want to go to Luke chapter 5. And um, I was really surprised at this message. I woke up at 5.30 Tuesday morning, and I heard, good, good father. You know, God, I, I count on God to pick the worship for these services that we have. Uh, sometimes, you know, I get to the last, and I, and I haven't heard, I, you know, I can pick the songs and the flow of how they're going to go and all the keys and all that stuff. But it's much better if you know what the Holy Spirit wants to be ministered to the people. And when we worship, we get ministered to because we get in the presence of God. And I heard that. I heard the whole worship service for today. I did say to the Lord, could we do this at 730 instead of 530? That's a little early for me. But, you know, my eyes popped open. And I heard it. And I knew exactly. And then at the end, I'll tell you what the Lord told me. I'm not going to tell you yet, but. I just cracked up. I mean, I was cracking up. God has a sense of humor. And uh, so I got Heather involved in helping me for the end of this service. But I thought, well, you know, I'm going to give it like I heard it. Amen. People are under pressure, what Dan said. In his, you know, it's amazing. You know, Dan's preaching on Wednesday nights. I preach on Sundays. Um, my husband's working on things for the Sudan and for other orphanages around the world. And and so uh, we've multiplied <laughs> in, in what we're doing around here. And so um, I talked to Dan the other day because I was feeling some things I needed to do. And uh, I, I shared with him what I felt the Lord told me a week ago. I'm clear off my message now, but I just want to tell you, God knows where we are. Amen. He knows about the trails. He knows what's going on. And I, I had said to the Lord, you told me to wait, like Kelly said in the scripture, wait. So we've been waiting. And a week ago on Friday, I was sitting down by the river. I said, Lord, am I still just supposed to be waiting? I haven't heard anything. And this is what I heard. And it just, it just surprised me. Reel it in. I thought, reel it in. Well, first thing I thought of was this fish, these big fish that are out in the ocean. Not, I know you catch big fish too, Andy. But these are like <laughs> bigger fish than those. And I've seen my nephew who goes deep sea fishing. Uh, when they... And the Lord said to me, you caught it and you hooked it when I told you. And by faith, you have it. But it's time to reel it in. Everybody say, reel it in. And he began to show me that big fish, big fish, don't just come up and get in the boat. You know, they get out there. They do little things. They'll try to go deep into stuff to try to get off the hook. Things happen along the way. Sometimes you just have to wait. You know, you just let the fish do, and then you jerk that line and pull them a little bit, and then they do something else, and then you jerk it. And the Lord told me exactly what to do, and I've been doing it. Well, I was telling Dan, he goes, oh, <laughs> Dan gets so excited. I love it. He goes, an hour ago, I just was thinking the same thing. I was even, like, reeling it in. I thought, thank you, Jesus. So today, when he said in his message, that's pressure. That's what God said to me today. I'm going to relieve the pressure. You know, my mom used to use a, a pressure cooker. <laughs> oh, dear God. And you got to be careful. Those things will blow up your house, you know, and you have to let the steam off and all that stuff. Yep. Well, the world is like a pressure cooker right now. It's like it's just about to, to blow, but we're the church. Yes. You know, we don't blow. 
you know, we, we, don't, we don't have to be concerned about all the things that are going on because our God reigns. Our God reigns. That's what my Bible says. And so I was looking at this scripture, and I really hadn't thought about it in light of this, but I heard the Lord say, the message is drop your nets. And so I went to this message. It talks a lot about fishing, but it wasn't about that. That was about the trails. You know, God can tell you several things that are going on at the same time. Everybody say the same time. If you keep about the Father's business, he'll drop it on you. He just drops it on you. You don't have to get down on your knees and cry and do all of that. Just be about his business, and the Holy Spirit will show you things. And so it says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him, I'm in Luke 5, to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered and said, you know, Peter always had an answer, if you've read the New Testament. <laughs> and he said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, everybody say the word. Be a doer of the word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he saw the hand of God move right before his eyes. Things that they could not do, God just did. He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. Everybody say, all. And followed him. If you read it in the Message Bible, do you have that one up there? Uh, it, it even says, it says, there was nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats to the beach, left them nets and all, and followed him. And the Lord began to say to me, the nets are like, um, equated maybe to Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, and the weights that so easily ensnare us you know there are a lot of things that keep us from letting go and doing what God tells us to do uh, lots of uh, situations and circumstances that then we we begin to think of all these things that could happen you know um, last night um, I, I know this message God gave me and I don't know exactly where it's going to go but I I said to, I went into my husband about 2 30 and I said uh could you pray for me because, you know, I keep thinking about my little puppy. We found out this week that our little puppy is blind. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what do we got? You know, how do we do this? I mean, can we do this? You know, all these things. And my husband, my husband's very calm. He says, I've already thought about this. I've been praying. God's going to show us what very calm, you know, <laughs> me. I'm just like beside myself in tears because I love this puppy, you know, and she's been with us so long and. Not that long, but six months, four months. Anyway, I just was, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know, didn't know what to do about it. 
And so when we found out, it just broke my heart, you know. And so I'm getting him to pray for me. And, you know, sometimes it's just hard to let it go. And my husband, you know, he's real good at that. He says, you think about too many things. Now go back to bed and stop thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll do that. Sure. See ya. Thanks for the encouragement. Now, he did pray for me, but my husband doesn't let things bother him like me. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, well, Lord, I don't have much faith because I should be thinking that already, that you're going to take care of it for us. But how many of you know when you get things on you sometimes, it becomes a snare. A snare is something by which you're entangled. It involves difficulties or things that stop you. And so I believe that there are a lot of people in the world today who are snared. They're snared by all kinds of things. You know, they're, they're snared by wh who's going to be our president. They're snared by, well, what if I don't have enough money? Uh, th all these questions that we know are possible, things that could happen. But if we can let it go, if we can drop the net and just follow Jesus. Everybody say, drop the net <laughs> and follow Jesus. And, what, and, and I felt like the Lord said there's so many things that people are, are wanting to hang on to that, you know, some of the things we want to hang on to aren't going where we're going. It's true. Uh, I've been praying for people because I felt like the Lord told me to for relationships. Some people are holding on to relationships they need to let go of. Because there's levels that you walk in the Lord, and he's wanting you to go this way, and they're not going to want you to go that way. <laughs> and they're not going to want to go that way. And sometimes you just have to love people. You can love people, but you do make a change. How many of you are running around with your high school friends? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys should be. That's right, Brayden. I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to have your friend here today. But, you know, if you're, you know, at my age, if I, I'm not hanging out with people that I love dearly. I went this week and saw the, the gal that I led her and her husband to the Lord years ago. Spent the whole afternoon. It was like we were never apart. But I haven't seen her in five years. You know, it's not that the relationship has to be broken. It just may mean where you're going, you're going to have to make a change or I'm going to have to make a change. And change is difficult, especially when you don't know what's on the other side of the change. You know, if we know what it is, it's okay, but if we don't. And, you know, I think uh, Peter, of course, in, in Luke 18, uh, Jesus was talking about how hard it is for some people to, to get into heaven. And uh, it's, it's Luke 18, 24, and it's Jesus, uh, when he saw that the, this was the rich young ruler who couldn't let go of it. He, he couldn't drop the net. He, he just, he couldn't let go of the riches. And, uh, and Jesus was saying how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. doesn't mean rich people can't come to the kingdom of God. I'm calling in all the rich people because God's got a lot to do, and God wants their money to be blessed and multiplied in the kingdom of God. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And then Peter, of course, said, well, see, we've left all and followed you. And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses, parents, brothers, wife, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more when they get to heaven. That's not what it says. Many times more in this present time and in the age to come, eternal life. 
we are supposed to be walking with all that God has promised us because we have left all and followed him. Um, I looked it up in, in all of the Gospels because it's in three of them. And in Matthew 19, this is what it says in that same scripture, which I thought was very interesting. Um, Jesus said to them, that we'll look at uh, verse 27 through 30. Peter answered and said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, is he there now? Yes. He said, You who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That's, that's a promise about their future in heaven. And everyone, everybody say everyone, who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Everybody say there's a promise. For when you let go of everything and you follow the Lord. Now, this one is the one that not everybody gets as excited about. It's what Jesus said regarding the same situation. You know, how many of you know when you talk to somebody, they've seen the same thing as somebody else, but they don't always tell it the same way. They hear things that somebody else didn't hear. I think sometimes it has to do with the situation we're in. But Peter began to say to him, see, we've left all. This is Mark 10, 28, and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions. Everybody say, with persecutions. Have any of you ever been persecuted? Yeah, I think we all have at some time or other. And in the age to come, eternal life. Every one of them promises blessing for following Jesus. But you have to leave all. Everybody say, leave all. And um, I know in my life, uh, I went through a time where I had to leave all, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a time where just I was with the Lord, with my three children as a single mom, but God forever changed my life. He became my total source. And in today's world, it's a blessing to know that God will take care of you. You know, we sing those songs, God will take care of you. Uh, God will take care of us, no matter who's with us, even if we don't have the people we would like. But I want to talk to you about more than that. Everybody say the old man and the new man. <laughs> How many of you know you got both going around with you? Sometimes the old man resurrects. Isn't that a lovely day? <laughs> That's when the enemy comes in like a flood to steal from us the blessings of God. And this is, this is, is actually um, in Ephesians 4. And it says, um, therefore I say, uh, I, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk with the rest as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And I believe this is what is the separation that will cause the church to rise in the day we're living in. It says the light will grow greater than the darkness. And so, but this is how. In, they walk in the futility of their mind. Everybody say their mind. You know, our minds are strong. God wants us to have a strong mind. But my Bible says I have the mind of Christ. So that mind supersedes all the knowledge that I have based on the evidence of the world. 
it goes beyond that because it's supernatural. And, and it, go, it says, here we go on, it says, uh, having their understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance. My husband likes to use the word stupidity. That is in them because of the blindness of their heart. See, their mind is sharp, but their heart is blind. It's the heart that Jesus transforms by the renewing of the word of God. But it's also by the doing of the word of God. You have to drop it, you know, um, let go of it. How many of you have the enemy bring a thought? And it's like, you know, you want to operate on that thought. And yet you know the word of God would not say to do it that way. Drop the, you know, drop the net and follow Make that decision to follow Jesus in that situation. Futility is serving no useful purpose, completely ineffective. You know, uh, worrying about what's going on in our nation for us is completely ineffective for us at this point because we need to be praying what the Holy Spirit's telling us and our focus needs to be really strong on those things because God's counting on us. He's counting on us to declare and what decree, it says decree a thing, it will be established. Decree what heaven is saying into the earth. But worry is not the same thing. You know, that's not worry. Praying is not worry unless you're saying, oh, God, oh, God. You know, I think there's times where I've said, oh, God. But the word of God is what moves the hand of God. Everybody say the word of God. And so when we speak the word of God, there's no futility in that. Because it's powerful, powerful than a two-edged sword, and it will take care of the situation. So this futility is what they're walking in. It says that their mind is walking in darkness, even though they think they're very smart, but because their heart is blind. And uh, I read this in my Maxwell. I read Maxwell Leadership Bible because I like the commentaries. It says, when God measures the greatness of a leader, he puts his tape measure around the heart, not the head. Can I read that to you again? When God measures the greatness of a leader, he puts his tape measure around the heart, not the head. Jesus didn't say, I've come to heal the high-minded. <laughs> he said, I've come to heal the broken-hearted. Everybody say broken-hearted. When your heart gets broke, and I have lived there, I'm telling you, you, will, you can go right into the old man so easily. Because when you're hurt, your old man goes, right out at whatever it is you know I was reminded and I, I feel like I'm supposed to tell this I've never told this but when I went through a divorce when I was young with my kids I realized I made a big mistake after I did it <laughs> how many of you know after the fact your vision just gets 2020 you know and uh, so I went to their dad and said this has been a big, big mistake and I'm sorry and we need to work this out and he said well I'll think about it well, to me, that was like, I'll do it. You know? Didn't know the Lord then. I was, you know, I just was hysterical. Really, I was hysterical because I realized I have done something wrong. It wasn't about God. I just was. Uh, I, I found out that my cousin told me, what are you laughing at? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's my sister. She always agrees because she lived through it with me. And so, now you will not believe this about your pastor. I'm talking about when you're, when you're living in the futility of your mind and you're just, you don't have God and you, you don't know what you're doing. And, and, uh, 
And so I found out that he told me that, but he was actually getting married in three weeks. And so I, I, I just became like, I mean, then I did go into some other zone. And, and so I chased him down in his car on the day he was supposed to go to get married. I chased him down. I jumped in his car. I'm just screaming and yelling in the car. You know, I mean, I am like, no! You know, now that was your pastor. Pre-Jesus. Amen? But the choir director in church every Sunday doing exactly what I was supposed to do. But no relationship. Got saved a week after he got married because I said, the, uh, somebody rescued me. Everybody say, Jesus will rescue you. A girl I went to high school with found me in the parking lot at Marsh on the west side when it was Marsh. She said, I, I just feel like I should talk with you. And she said, I know I've, I've found Jesus and he makes such a difference. Will you come to my house? She took me to her house, received Jesus, and he was coming home the next day. I said, I cannot make it if, if I have to see this. And Jesus stepped in. The next day I got filled with the Holy Ghost and God began to clean me up and change me. Now that is the old man. Now I drug him around for a long time. And he still tries to resurrect on me because I have kids and I have grandkids and they're split all 50 directions on holidays and things. So I still have to fight that because the devil wants to take me out. Now I am a preacher for today because this is where most of the world is in all these split up situations. Kids are hurting, adults are hurting, their heart is hurting. But if you get out of the futility of your mind and get in a position to drop it and follow Jesus, I have to make those decisions still today in situations. My fight is not with people. I had to forgive everybody. I had to let it go. And then God brought me Superman. He, he was my prince. He was my knight in shining armor. But he didn't come roaring in until God fixed me a whole lot. Because I had to be fixed to be what I needed to be. So when God called us end of, <laughs> wow, they're really cheering for me over here in the front row today. <laughs> you two can go to the back. <laughs> and, you know, I thought when the Lord said, I want you to share that, I had forgotten all about that. You know, that's so many years ago, so many years ago. But, you know, God, God can clean a fish. God can clean your life. God can change you. And he can, he put us in the ministry. That was the most ridiculous thing of all to Bill and I. But, but we have a heart. And we have walked it. And we walk it every day. And, it, and it's, it's not going to get where the enemy will never try to get you. Because <laughs> he is going to try to destroy you till the day you see Jesus. Because you have a testimony. You have a good testimony of the goodness of God. See, and he doesn't want anybody talking about that right now. You know, we're only going to talk about COVID. And we're only going to talk about death. And we're going to talk about two guys that are running for president. And all these things that is going to throw your life in the toilet. Amen? 
That's, that's, the, that's where people are. It's pressure. It is a pressure cooker. If you don't know Jesus, you are running around like this. It goes on, it says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. If you want to know what's wrong today with political people, it's because of this. They're not bad people. They're just, they're living in that old man. And they can say they're a believer, but if you're a hearer only and not a doer, then you are a free target for the devil to take you out. And he will use you as a weapon against other people. It says, um, well, I'll just go on. It says, but you have not so learned in Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. Everybody say, put it off. See, we think, well, someday God's going to fix this in me. In the meantime, you know, I'm just wishing and hoping and praying. Well, God doesn't, God doesn't just come down and, like, do surgery on you overnight. Now, he did for me for smoking. He just took it away. But we have to walk out some things. I'm still walking out things, like last night over my puppy. And Pastor Bill has to minister to me at 3 o'clock in the morning. And the dogs are barking, and we're up in the kitchen. I thought, this is wonderful. I got to preach in three hours or four. This whole world's falling apart right now in front of me. <laughs> and, of course, Pastor Bill's going, oh, hi, babies. Yeah, you're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh. You know, we are different. <laughs> That's why we're together. <laughs> But we had to walk through a lot of things to make this relationship work. But God can do it. I'm telling you today, drop your nets out there watching. You say, well, you know, you, this isn't, I mean, this won't really help me. I promise you, if you will do, if you will let God give you, it says in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart. He was talking to the Israelites. They had screwed up really bad. That's probably not a good word for church. They had messed up really bad. And they were in captivity. Everybody say captivity. They were in captivity for 70 years. That's a long time. But I will give you, this is God speaking to them. As bad as they had done the things they had let go of God, walked away from God. It says, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. And I will take that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart. Uh, and I'll give you, I'll give, take out the stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. But that's a heart that is soft enough and tender enough to have compassion, but strong enough by the Spirit of God to be what God's called you to be. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says uh, that we uh, are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses. Um, you know, now my mom and dad are both up in heaven, and I know they're cheering me on. Mother probably saying, you hit that cord wrong, honey, but you'll do better next time. But... I don't care. She's up there. Hallelujah. She's up there with daddy. And I'm, I'm where I am today because she was very, she was very determined that we were going to do what she called, what she felt we were called to be, you know, and uh, we are, but it says, therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say, drop the net and this of, and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Everybody say, I have a race. Now listen, this race is not, hopefully, short. 
hopefully we're in this for the long haul, amen? Uh, you know, when I had my birthday this year, you know, a lot of people think, wow, you know, you really ought to stop. But I just go, I just go by Caleb and Joshua. They were 85 years old. That means I got a good 10 years to go here, folks. So get used to it. Because now I believe God's going to raise up a lot of the young generation. I don't want to keep doing this all the time. But until God does something, then I'm doing what God told me to do. Everybody say, you have to stand your position. You have to stay in it. You have to be who God called you to be until God releases you. Don't jump out. So when I say drop your net, I'm not saying quit. I'm saying get up and go again. There's so many believers that are not in this church right now. Now, some of it is because of COVID. I'm glad that everybody stays home who feels like that's what they're supposed to do. I'm, I'm you know, that's fine. But there's a lot of people today who need to be rising up and getting in position and be prepared for what's about to happen. And they are going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. They will not be decreased. They will not. And so uh, as, I, as I was thinking this ensnared, you know, I, I know some situations of some people that I love dearly that I know have such great gifts for this season, for the body of Christ and for the world. And so I've started calling them out of those places because they're not the problem. It's the things that they believed and they're ensnared in those situations. Well, at the end of this, um, and, and, and I know this will seem crazy, but I'm laying there and I'm hearing all this, this whole message and uh, all the worship. And this is like 5.30, 6.30, quarter to seven on Tuesday. And then I hear, get up off of that thing. <laughs> I thought, what is that? <laughs> and it's a guy named James Brown. Now, you know, I missed that whole generation of things because my life was in the toilet then. I didn't listen to the music. Uh, I only sang church songs at my piano till I got healed. And I thought, get up off of that thing. So I come in to Heather. I go, we got to find a song. It's called, get up off of that thing. And you know what it says? And dance till you feel better. And take off all the pressure. Pressure. And God said to me, that's the word pressure. The body of Christ is faltering because of the pressure. And we got to shake it off, it says. So now I didn't show him because his is a little crazy. So I just played the music, but this is how it goes. And I've been singing it in my brain ever since I heard it. But you know, you just say that could not have been God. Well, when Dan Peter got up this morning and said, that's pressure, God said to me, I told you pressure. You want to follow God? It's a great ride. Crazy sometimes. I'm probably too close to that camera. Okay, here we go. I'm not television material, but here it goes. James Brown. Here we go. Now you might have to get up. Come back. Get up off of that thing and stand to do you better. Get up off of that thing and stand to do Sing it now. Get up off of that thing and dance to you feel better. Get up off of that thing and try to release that pressure. Get up off of that thing and shake the you feel better. Get up off of that thing and shake the you feel better. Get that pressure off. Get up off of that thing and 
Too much. Probably just go right down. <laughs> I'm healed in Jesus' name. That COVID tried to get me, but but everybody said, get up off that thing. Get up off of that thing. Amen. You say, well, you know, when Sue said to me the other day, do you remember the time when you just started rapping? I said, Oh yeah, that's when my shoe flew off and hit some lady over on the left. <laughs> I gave up doing that after that. But instantly, I heard that rap um, that my son used to do. And I said, uh, we'd like to welcome you into the house of the Lord. We're going to worship together, one accord. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're going to clap our hands. And it goes just, I mean, you know, I can't do it all right now. Whew, I've got myself a little out of breath. But everybody say, it's time to shake it off. Shake it off. You know, when Paul got his hand in that fire and they got bit by that serpent, shook it off. And everybody waited for him to die. He didn't die, but he did. The miracle power of God busted loose for healing. We're in that day. We are in that day. Well, Lord, I thank you that we're going to get up off of that thing. Get up off of whatever it is that's holding us down in Jesus' name. Yeah, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to thank God. Thank God for who God has made you be. Thank God for the calling on your life. Thank God that pressure does not belong to you, and it's getting off you in Jesus' name. And you're going to fulfill your divine destiny in Jesus' name. He's shut out about How many of you have felt like, I don't, I don't know if I can go on, but, uh, but I need you, to God. Yeah, I see your hands in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray strength. I pray a, 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 a revival on the inside of the truth of the things that God has spoken in the hearts of everybody here today and those that are watching in Jesus' name, that they're going to get up and be who God called them to be, no matter how old they are, no matter how young they are, that that's not the issue. It's what God has put in them for this season, and they're going to live it. They're going to walk it. They're going to be that. Lord, you didn't, you, you said you put new wine and new wine skins and you, the old, you can't put in the new. We want the new. We want what you're doing right now. We want to know and we want to do it. We want to walk in it. We want to be who you've called us to be for this hour. Father, we just shake it off, shake it off right now. Whatever it is on you, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, show them today. Whatever may be holding them down, whatever may be saying you can't do that. Everybody knows about you. Everybody knows what you've done. I, I bind those words in Jesus' name. Those are lies, lies from the pit of hell. And I thank you, Father, for healing right now in this room on, on those watching deliverance from strongholds in the name of Jesus. All those things you said belong to us. I thank you for them in Jesus' name. I thank you. We are going from glory to glory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you're watching today and you've never received Jesus, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says, but we're living in a world where you need to know Jesus because there are fiery darts going all over the world and you must know the voice of the Lord. You must know the voice of the Lord and with Jesus, you have the ability to win. You have the ability to conquer the things in your own life that you don't know how to fix because he can do it. He knows how and he wants to take care of you. 
So call on the name of Jesus. If you're out there watching, if you're here in this room today and you've never received Jesus or you've just walked away due to circumstances, God understands that. He wants to help you. He wants to make it be okay. And he can do that. It's an, he's not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. He means what he says. And he has a purpose and a destiny for each of us, for you. Let's just say this together. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Let's say this together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he gave his life for me. Even though I wasn't even here, he knew about me. You knew about me. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me, heal me, change me. In Jesus' name. I just feel we need to pray before we go for brokenhearted people. Thank you, Jesus. You stood up and you said, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to release captives, to set people free. If you're brokenhearted today, I know what brokenhearted feels like. But I also know to have your heart restored. Jesus is the way. He's the way, the truth, and life, and he can do it. And he will do it. And I just pray right now for anybody here or, or watching that, that if you've had a broken heart, I, I ask you today to take some time with Jesus by yourself and talk to him about those things and ask him, what do I need to do? I don't know what you need to do. I know the things that he asked me to do. But I don't know your situation, but he does. And he's a very personal God, and he will help you. And he will show you how to get out of that trap, out of that snare, and get on with your life. In Jesus' name. And everybody who believed that said, amen. Can you give God a hand today? Well, I've, I've shown you a few sides of your pastor you probably never saw recently. But... But I believe God wanted to make it known to those watching and to everybody here that he can do a miracle. He can change what was to what is. Amen. Let's say this. I am a child of God. I walk with understanding, with wisdom, the knowledge of God. My mind is secure. My mind is not fearful. I do not live by fear. I don't live by sight. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I walk in prosperity. I walk with great understanding of how to handle every situation I face. I am not fearful. I am not at a loss of what to do because I know my God knows what to do and he will tell me. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and my labor is not in vain. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and be blessed. Come back Wednesday night. Dan always has a really great word.